0: I want to read to you a scripture from Mark chapter 10. And it says this As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, you shall not defraud, honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I've kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go, sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who's rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Then Peter spoke up, we've left everything to follow you. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Rachel and I called a plumber to the house a couple of weeks ago. We were having an issue with our kitchen sink working efficiently, and we thought that we had a water pressure problem. And so the plumber came out, and he looked at it just for a moment. He said, Sir, you do not have a water pressure problem. You actually just have a problem. The problem's with your water. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, this water in this area, is anybody new to Wilson County? He said, the water in this area, he said it's hard water. And he said, the hard water is damaging your fixtures. He's like, it's not a water pressure problem. It's just like your fixtures got all messed up after we've lived there 10 years of this happening. And I'm familiar with hard water. I grew up in an area of town called Gladeville. Uh, We... We liked the taste of minerals uh, in the morning. A young Gladeville boy could identify phosphorus, you know, uh, on his tongue just for the taste of it. But um, they told us it made our teeth strong when we, were, <laughs> when we were kids. But the plumber guy, he said, sir, he said, what you need that will fix this problem is a filtration device. I was like, man, that sounds like a fantastic idea. And we spent the next 45 minutes talking about this filtration device. I loved everything he said. He told me the location of the filtration device. He told me how this crystal clear spring water would be raining down on my family every morning. He told me that my dishwasher would work better, that this fixture would work. He thought it might even help my hair, you know. It was a wonderful explanation. I loved everything. I loved everything. I loved everything about the idea of the filtration device. I was all in. The happy, tr- happy face truck made me happy. I was, I, I mean, we became buddies. We were hanging out. I loved everything about it until the next day when I got an email and there was one thing that I did not like about it. Anybody want to guess? The cost. In fact, I hated the cost. I did not like the cost at all. And I want to tell you, it was not an unreasonable cost for all that it was going to gain me, right? But I didn't like the cost so much that I didn't get it. And the fixture still kind of messed up, and the dishwasher and the hair, they're all <laughs> still the same. You know, you can like something a lot, but sometimes when you find out the personal cost, you will be unwilling To take the deal. And that's all that was happening in this story. The young man, he liked everything about what Jesus was saying. I mean, he liked it all. He had the right answers to the right questions. He wanted the life that Jesus was talking about. I mean, he liked everything about what Jesus was offering him. Except Jesus said, There's one thing that you lack. There was only one thing that the rich young man didn't like about what Jesus was selling, and that was the cost, what it was going to cost him. He liked everything about Jesus. He he had gone out, he'd seen these other men, fishermen and tax collectors and scoundrels following after Jesus. He thought that might be the deal for him, but he really wanted to understand what Jesus was asking. And Jesus had a cost for his life, and it says he dropped his head and he walked away sad. He, he just couldn't handle the cost. And, and before, I mean, you guys, <laughs> this is so awesome. It's a wonderful opportunity to preach because you guys have outgenerous anything I could ever imagine. I have no, uh, if there's implications for what I'm saying to do on your pocketbook or your wallet or your bank account, you talk to God about that, okay? What Jesus is talking about right here is there is a cost to being a disciple. And if someone preaches to you a gospel without the cost, they have left out a part that Jesus is asking of you. And so I'm just gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you this morning, The cost. I'm gonna be completely honest with you about the cost of being a disciple. You ready? Here it is. It is free. And now this is like a terrible salesman, right? Because you're like, all right, okay, Jake, it's free, but what's the dot, 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 right? You see it, don't you? It's totally free. What Jesus is offering you is totally free. It's going to cost you nothing. It's free. But there's an email coming tomorrow. (laughs) And it's going to say that it's free and it will cost you everything. It's free and it's going to cost you your whole stinking life. It's free and it's going to feel like it takes everything from you. It's totally free and it costs you your life. Now you're thinking, that sounds like double talk. That sounds like a bait and switch, right? It's not, it's something totally different from that. This is not double talk and it's not a bait and switch. It is something that you actually don't hear very much. What this is, is it's the truth. That's the truth. So the things that you get sold in this world and the way that it's sold, it it, it doesn't feel right. You don't want to take it. But what this is is actually the gospel. It's actually the best news that you could ever hear. It's free, and it costs you everything. Last week, I did a funeral for a boy, 13 years old. His name was Warren. He committed suicide. He lived in a different state. And his family called and asked me to come speak at the funeral, I think for two reasons. One, my family knows what it's like to lose a teenage boy to suicide. And the second is, they had heard about how we talk about God's grace here. And so I went, he lived two and a half hours away. I got stuck in traffic for an hour. So I was on the road for three and a half hours. And I cried the whole way. And when I got there in this big church, this big auditorium, filled with people, filled with middle schoolers, I was sitting there and I asked God, I can tell you this, y'all are my church, I asked God, I said, why am I here? What is it, God? Why did you bring me here? And you may or may not believe in this sort of thing, but I, I felt very clearly from God, him tell me, because I want you to tell them I want you to tell his family how my grace works. And uh, to unpack that a little bit, the word grace, you know, you might hear that in the church. It just means God's um, undeserved love, what God gives us without merit. And so um, a way of understanding God's grace scripturally is it's freely given and it's totally free to you. It's totally free. And so, what I shared with that family is what I learned in my own family, and that is uh, I, grief can be a barrier to understanding what God is really up to. All kinds of things, too loss, grief, pain. And so, I just wanted, to, I spoke to them and said, God's grace is actually bigger than you can imagine right now you see we have to believe that God's grace is big enough for 13 year olds if not it is a limited grace but you see God's grace sometimes we put our own human limitations on the grace of God when actually God's grace is limitless and so we have to believe that God's grace is big enough for 13-year-olds who bully and for 13-year-olds who make terrible, impulsive decisions. This is just what I'm saying to you guys. And, and so the grace of God is, um, is without bounds. And anything that we ever try to do, that's why the part of the statement, both parts of the statement are true. It is absolutely Free. When Paul talks in the Bible about salvation, what could be harder than to earn salvation, to gain salvation? He says, It's by grace that you've been saved. How are you saved? It's by the grace of God, this free gift through our faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. It is the gift that God has given you. It is totally, totally free. And I think, you know, this is what we should be. I get, frustrated. I get frustrated with, you know, um, church people arguing about stuff. It's been a particular frustration to me because it's like, man, we need to be preaching the gospel instead of arguing about some of these things. <laughs> We need to be, this should be a place where burdens are flying off of people, where people are being set free, where people of all manner of background and all manner of story and all manner of things that they've gone through would hear that that the gospel is this free gift of God being poured out for everybody no matter what they've been through. And there is not a thing that you can do to earn it. It costs you nothing. It costs you nothing. It costs you nothing. It's free to you. And that is the, that's the fullness of the gospel. And anything else I say after this does not take away from that statement. That may be the reason that you're here today because you have been, been taught that for you to earn or to get to this place with God that you're going to have to do something or you're going to have to get something right. But that is not the truth. The truth is it's by grace you've been saved. If you believe that through your faith, it's not something anybody or any of us can do. It won't cost you anything. But, right, it's free and it costs you everything. So the reception of that is going to lead to a cost in your life. And it would be misleading if, if we didn't talk about what that is going to cost you. That's why Jesus was having that interaction with that man. Not because he wanted, you know, some money from the man. He just knew what were the barriers to him understanding the free reception of what he would, what God would want to give him. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a Christian martyr uh, during World War II. He uh, stood up for and spoke out for the Jewish people in his land in Germany. He was a Christian Lutheran priest, but he became a martyr who actually died and gave his life because he stood up for these people who were being, you know, massacred. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer would talk about God's grace. He talked about it in these, in these terms. He said there's a thing, uh, there's a way that grace is given out in the world, what he called cheap grace. And cheap grace is when something is, um, when there is a forgiveness but no true repentance. Right? When, when there is a, when you're saying, yeah, I want all the goodness of what you're going to give me. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to change. And so cheap grace is sold on every corner in the world. It's like, yeah, you can have this, you can have this, you can have this, and it's not gonna have any effect on your life, but that is not how the gospel works. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer would say it's important to have forgiveness, but there's also repentance, meaning there has to be a turn in your life. That there is baptism where we are baptized, but there's also church discipline, meaning there are things that we do and things that we walk through on the other, on the other side of that. There's absolution, like everything is good, but there is a change that has to be at least, you know, desired in your life. He called that uh, that cheap, uh, that, that was a kind of cheap grace. So anytime there is, is love, right? Anytime there is true love, there is this desire uh, to live in a different way. When I fell in love with my wife, Rachel, this was just our story, but for me, it was like one of those moments, right? I'd never had anything like that experience. I was like, whoa, you know, my whole life just changed. And I thought, man, I would be willing to do whatever it took, you know? And what I learned is, yeah, I had that, that immediate moment of saying I'm all in. And then day one I realized I have no, I, I, have, I am not equipped at all to love a, a woman, right? This is going to be very difficult uh, for me. And what's happened in our, in our relationship is, you know, 25 years now or so-ish, right, <laughs> of... Um, Of, you know, me, there's been mistakes and mistakes and mistakes and mistakes. But you see, love is not built around someone not making a mistake. But it won't work if you're not willing to give and give and give and give and give. So my marriage class one day is gonna be called Thank You for the Grace of God, because I'm an idiot, right? So if (laughs) if you ever wanna, right, (laughs) Rich? If you ever wanna come to my class. And what I'm trying to illustrate here is that that there is an acceptance, there's something that we can grab a hold of, but then we have to be willing to continue to give and, give and give and give and give and give. And so Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, actually what God's grace is, is it's costly. It's a costly grace. Now this is where I need two more minutes where you don't, where you don't stay, you know, stay locked in for two more minutes, okay? Because if you're not careful, you'll hear that it's being saying there is a that there's a cost to you for the grace of God. And that's not what Dietrich Bonhoeffer was talking about. What he was saying is there was a great cost to God. That it cost him his own son. And so if something is costly to God, it will not be cheap to us. this This is the heart of discipleship, this free acceptance of what God wants to give us. And yet this understanding, as Paul would say, that we will be in so doing offering our lives as a living sacrifice to God. Because what, because it costs God much, we would be willing for it to cost us much. That's, okay, so let me, let me go back to this scripture. Mark chapter 10, he says, no one, so this is the truth from Jesus. Jesus isn't a salesman. He, he gives everything in this, in this speech. He says, no one who's left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me. He's just trying to name all the things that you could think of losing and the things that would cost you the, much, the most. But he says, no one who's lost those things for me and this message, right, and this message will fail to receive 100 times as much in this present age. The law of the harvest, right? He says all those things, as you, as you lose them, you will gain them. But he also adds in there along with persecutions. So Jesus is giving the full picture to his disciples of what this will mean. We should never be surprised when it begins to cost us, when it begins to hurt us, when things are taken from us. And those things will be given now uh, and in the age to come, eternal life. And so as we wrap up a, a, a series of thinking about what, uh, what we could give, we have to understand that the cost is great. Here's a quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. It's his famous quote from the book, The Cost of Discipleship. He says, when Christ calls a man or a woman, when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. It may be a death like that of the first disciples who had to leave home and work to follow him, or it may be a death like Martin Luther's who had to leave the monastery and go into the world. But it is the same death every time, death in Jesus Christ, the death of the old man at God's call. So that's what I have for you today. It's free and it will cost you everything. And when a church, when a body takes hold of both of those sides, miracles. If it's just free, 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 It's cheap, but if it's free and you say, and it costs me everything and you do that and you do that and you do that and you do that and I do that, miracles. So I wanna invite you uh, to pray a prayer of confession with me where we would say, we're sorry and God we repent and want to turn our lives around. So I just, uh, I'll say these words and there'll be some words in bold that we'll say together. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore let us confess our sin before God and one another. Let's say together, merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors Glory to God, amen.